well, well, well. Here we go again. Episode 16 of the Bad Buddhism Podcast. So, I have a few updates for you guys. I've decided to take my YouTube page in yet another direction by taking the vlogging route. What I noticed about myself is that I'm pretty decent with speaking candidly, just off the cuffs type stuff, being able to disseminate or sort of distill down knowledge that I have or ideas that I have in a candid fashion, you know, straight off the, just shooting straight from the hip and it being relatively productive you know i think i have that type of skill going for me where i can just speak off the cuff talk my shit and it'd be an enjoyable thing for not only me but for you as well i was doing more scripted content on youtube which was a recommendation from one of my family members but the scripted content is not necessarily my wave. I feel real constricted when I do content in that capacity. So I'm going to be vlogging about, well, not necessarily vlogging all the time. It'll be me sitting in front of the camera talking about the topics that I talk about on the podcast, but in more of a intimate fashion, maybe more in a I call it intimate fashion because the camera is going to typically the, the content is going to typically range between up close and personal um, extreme close ups and close ups of my face. You're going to see my face. You're going to see my face <laughs> and I'm going to be on the move sometime talking about things that I talk about on the podcast, but in a more intimate fashion, more of a one on one Similar to the podcast, but it's just, you know, you see my face. Um, I'm thinking about just maybe scrapping the other the other YouTube channel, the podcast channel, and just, eh, you know what? Maybe not. I'll just keep the audio component, the video component going on that or get the video component going on that channel and just seeing how it, seeing how it works. Thank you for your support, for listening. Um my listenership just keeps on growing which is good i love that shit i love that you guys love it um and yeah i'm just gonna keep talking about these it it, it tells me that you guys are just as interested in these topics um as much as i am so i'll just keep on talking about them right so today we're going to be talking about spiritual warfare not the spooky kind of spiritual warfare that the tinfoil hat people like to talk about which is i don't know some some weird stuff let me turn that off whoa sorry let me turn that off Woo! can't be having the phone on while i'm trying to do a, a podcast right gotta keep it on vibrate or silent um so it's not that typical spiritual warfare that the tinfoil hat people be talking about even though i can go there if i want to but this spiritual warfare is more like psychological warfare in our close relationships in our lives, right? It's along the lines of psychic vampirism. And first, before I even go into the spiritual warfare topic, the psychic vampirism topic, I want to give you some tools that I use to protect myself against these kind of people, to keep my energy up. To keep to keep to keep my chakras clean, you know, keep my mind right. The first one is the good old Bible. Good book. Right. Uh, you can read Ecclesiastes. Ecclesiastes, that's my favorite book of the Bible, which has more of a nihilistic tone, but it keeps you it keeps you pretty grounded. I think Ecclesiastes keeps you pretty grounded. Well, it keeps me grounded. The whole book, the whole book of the, the Bible, the whole Bible keeps me grounded in general. But Ecclesiastes has a real nihilistic tone, nihilistic tone, whatever you, however you want to pronounce that word. And it has a very pragmatic, practical outlook. 
or presents itself in such. I love that. And it's very poetic. I love that book. After this podcast, I'm going to go ahead and read the Bible because I, I love I love that. I love that book. That book gets me hype, gets me hype, gets me the stories in the book is dope. Um, yeah. Anyway, <laughs> the next book we're going to be talking about is Proverbs or what I'm going to recommend is Proverbs. Proverbs is a book that has unlimited amounts of wisdom within it teaches you how to deal with people, teaches you how to deal with life. Um, it's, 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 a, it's a wisdom book. It's a wisdom book. So those two books of the Bible, the Bible, I would say, to use as tools against spiritual warfare, psychological warfare, psychic vampirism. Those, those books are, those books are nice. Another tool that I advise everybody to read because it allows for you to be aware of the the human human nature. It, it allows you to be aware of human nature. It allows you to be aware of how people operate. A lot of people don't like this book for whatever reason. I love this book. This book is called The 48 Laws of Power. You don't have to read this book to become some sort of Machiavellian magician. You can read this book for simple understanding of how human nature works. Everybody wants power. Every one of you listening to this wants some sort of power. Some sort of power. You don't have to be manipulative to want power. It's okay to want power, right? But I think more importantly, you want to understand human nature. Understanding human nature guarantees you protection against spiritual warfare and psychic vampirism because if you can see and identify what these people are doing or trying to do you can just sidestep that right you can act like neo in the matrix and just you know swerve and get the fuck out of the way i know i have i know i do right so um those are what three tools four tools you know you read the whole bible by the way um, some parts, uh, for me personally, some parts I relate to more than other, other parts. Um, Ecclesiastes, Proverbs, you want to read the 48 laws of power by Robert Greene. I would say also read the Dhammapada, which is another practical, another practical text that you can read. I believe it's a Buddhist text or a Hindu text. Correct me if I'm wrong. Um, that one is very practical teaches you about the mind it teaches you about anger it teaches you about the world and not letting the worldly ways sway you you know get you off your square right that's a good book to read as well the dhammapada a good text to read um what else those are just those are just what five those are just five texts right and those are tools that will protect you from being vampirized by these people that exist. And these people are typically in your family. They're not necessarily people that are. Yeah, these people run around all over the place and everything. But they I don't in my opinion, I don't think they have much of a interest in you as you think they do. These people are typically your family members. And these people are vampires, psychic vampires. So we're going to get into that. So first and foremost, I'm going to let you know I'm getting my, I'm going to use, I'm going to talk about spiritual warfare with the help of two websites, drwilson.com and 180rule.com, right? The first source I'm going to basically use as a way to outline the whole spiritual warfare psychic vampirism topic right so what is the definition of psychic vampirism right here we go reading from the the article and i will have these yeah i'm gonna have these linked in the description so here we go Energetic vampirism is the process whereby one person through manipulation essentially steals some life energy from another. Okay, so that is the basic definition. And these people steal this life force from you. 
or in a, in a in a more practical term, these people get you upset. Listen to the word upset, right? They upset you when they when when people get you upset, they are typically reversing the spinning of your energy centers, your chakras or whatever you want to call it and reversing they're reversing that whole process and causing you to fall out of alignment with self right and it makes you upset you're off balance but luckily luckily you know or thankfully you know that you are off center when you don't feel good see when you feel good you know that you're aligned or when you're feeling joy you know that you are aligned with self so whenever you're in the presence of one of these people that upset you, whether they are directly doing something to throw you off or not, you know that you are off center. You need to correct yourself. You need to focus on something that makes you joyous and, you know, to get the hell away from that kind of person. You ever felt somebody, somebody's energy when they walk into the room, whether it's good or bad, you know, somebody walks into the room, you just feel this good aura about them. You want to just talk to them and then. Somebody else could walk into the room with completely opposite energy and they just repel you. You don't want to be around that person. This is how I rate if I want to form a relationship with someone or not. I talk to them, get to know them, build a rapport. And if their energy is just a little bit off to me, I say the fuck away from them. Simple as that. I don't care if the person appears to be positive or I don't care if the person appears to be or the, the packaging looks better than what's inside like now nah, I leave that alone right and a lot of the times the packaging does look better or does seem better than what is actually on the inside we can feel through the packaging right and um so that that that's that's the meat that's the meat of what psychic vampirism is it starts with an upsetting and i'm going to talk about the kinds of people that does this upsetting the kinds of people that does this, these upsettings are typically narcissists they're typically psychopaths sociopaths um like people that got borderline personality disorder they just people that are just not well right it could be you you could be one of these people as well. You can be a, a, a psychic vampire yourself. So you might want to check. You could check your own energy as well. You might be you might catch yourself purposefully trying to upset somebody so as to kind of like steal some life force from them. So as to kind of like, you know, drain something from them, because if we really want to talk about it, us humans could be some sick people. You could be a sick species. We get someone upset just for the heck, the hell of it. We gossip just for the hell of it. All of us do it. We gossip. We we talk shit, talk smack because eh, it gets us going a little bit. It makes us a little moist, right? So that is the the, the crux, if you will, of psychic vampirism, right? So I'm going to, you know, just read through some of this article, right? I'm going to go to the section where it says, how people steal energy from others. Hmm. The main way to extract energy from another person is to upset the person. See, we just finished talking about that. Upset the person. Two ways to do this are by intimidation, threats, or actual violence of some kind. Another way or other ways are seduction, pleasuring, flattery, or spoiling another. So, hmm, intimidation. That's a big one. Some people just straight up like to intimidate other people. And this is why it's important for you to have a stoic demeanor when it comes to these kind of fucking psychopaths, these narcissists who try to upset you and intimidate you or upset you through intimidation, threats, or actual violence of some kind. It's good to just freaking walk away. Or just to not be intimidated at all. I mean, they may persist, which is where we'll kind of get into um, the gray rock method in a bit. I'm going to talk about the gray rock method of dealing with these kinds of people. Right now, you also have seduction, pleasuring, flattery or spoiling another. 
See now the seduction and pleasuring aspect of it is similar to the incubus and the succubus who or these are entities, these spiritual entities like to um uh copulate with you, I guess, while you're sleeping or while you're awake. If you don't know what that is, you can look can look that up, right? So I'm going to read a little bit more of this article. This article, by the way, it's a it's a, it's a little uh it's a little tense. It's a little out there too, so just uh hold on to your seats. So we're continuing. Um these may be called the yin and the yang methods. In both cases, a person is thrown out of balance. See, we just told, we just spoke about this. Thrown out of balance. And this is what causes the person to give up some life energy. Many energy vampires combine the two in interesting ways. Speaking more technically, what occurs is that the vampire interrupts the normal flow of subtle or etheric energy down the body from the head to the feet. When subtle energy flows sideways or upwards to some degree, the energy centers spin backwards or abnormally in other ways. See, we spoke about that just now. The chakras or the energy centers or the flow of energy in the human body is supposed to flow downwards from you know, from the top of the head down to the feet and then up, up the back. That's how, that's the normal flow. When your energy starts going in a different type of way, when it starts going reverse or any other way, that's when you start feeling upset. That's when the energy starts to reverse and it travels up the front of the body, which is what you don't want. You don't want that. It's bad, right? As a result, some of the person's subtle energy flows outward or upward to the vampire. In other words, one person can steal energy from another by literally upsetting the, en the other's energy field. This is related to the meaning of words and phrases such as uptight, mixed up, knocked up, stuck up, messed up, and other similar phrases. See, this article is a little, it's a little interesting. Um, read this some years ago. To learn more about the natural flow of subtle energy on the body and how to enhance it, read down energy, read down energy and healing on this website. So I'm going to link this link this uh, article in the description. Usually vampirism occurs when two people are unequal in some way. Hmm. For example, one may be older and more experienced, quote unquote, than another. Hmm. Hmm. Or one may be physically stronger than the other, or one may be in authority over the other. However, this is not always the case. An experienced vampire can shift from one behavior to another in seconds. Okay, that is a that's a narcissist. If you want to know a classic case of narcissism, a narcissistic person is typically charming in the beginning, and they just switch out of nowhere, like seemingly overnight. They just switch. That's because they were never charming or nice to begin with. To begin with, they were fucked up from the, from, from the get-go. You got to watch out for these people. To see which method of upsetting another works best in particular in a particular situation, he or she may shout, cry, become sweet, touch you sensually, then argue or pull away. That's, co that's, coquette. that's called coquettishness, I believe. We read that in The Art of Seduction in... Um, by Robert Greene. You should read that book because it shows you about the different types of personalities that try to seduce you. This, the coquette is hot and cold. They tend to be hot and cold. You know, they, 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 they mess with you in, in subtle ways. They give you a lot of attention and then they just pull it all away. Right. And when you see somebody doing that, they're unstable in general. Stay the fuck away from them. They're not worth it. I know it may seem mysterious and seductive and all of that jazz but it's really not worth it stay the fuck away from that it's not it's not sexy and it's it's not and a lot of the times we mentioned earlier that the way that people can uh steal energy from you is through seduction and fucking your brains out giving you the best sex you ever had the best sex of your life you gotta be careful of that because these people can be stealing energy from you gotta be careful of that Let's move on. Then all you pull away. All depending on what is needed at the moment to extract energy from vulnerable and often gullible people, which is most of them. Here are more details about very common methods of vampirizing others. Sex. Not going to get into that. 
Words. This is probably the most common method used in modern society. Words can easily be used to upset people and more so when combined with other methods discussed below. Words can frighten, threaten, shock, flatter, seduce, and upset others in other ways. Most are lies or half-truths, although even the truth can be used to shock or upset people. Right. See, that's the thing with us, right? Since we have this sort of built-in... We have this built in fear of anticipated regret. So we allow people in their words to fuck with us. Right. That is a weakness of all of us. Sometimes we we just let people in their words fuck with us. The news does this shit to us all the time. All right. People think that they're staying informed by listening to the news or watching the news. But no, the news is the news can be could be vampirizing sometimes could be vampirizing and i didn't forget or i did forget <laughs> I'm supposed to be including good news in the beginning of these podcasts but yeah keep forgetting you know y'all gotta remind me so here we go here's some examples right parents may criticize a child needlessly or raise their voice more than necessary others praise the child too much or give them everything he wants another one is on dates and even within marriages, men and women may upset each other with words. Men regularly flatter, lie, or try out lines with young women to upset them a little to get dates and sex. Women, meanwhile, may play with words with men to excite them and to upset them a little. It is a dangerous game for women, however. Ooh. Ooh. Manipulative words and phrases are used by teachers, doctors, politicians, salesmen, and saleswomen, and many others. We got nonverbal behaviors, which is another way. These are easy to use to vampirize others. A simple one is just to tense the body or maintain an unusual, sexy, or stooped posture. Hmm. This can induce tensions in the body of others that cause them to give up this life energy. That is how easy it is. Okay, so another... Let me tell you another nonverbal cue that may cue you in to knowing if you're making somebody feel uncomfortable. If the other person is folding their arms and sort of not trying to maintain eye contact with you, that is a telltale sign that you may be making somebody else uncomfortable or you might be uncomfortable yourself when you exhibit these type of behaviors by folding your arms and looking away and looking up into the side, looking up into the left, right? Up up into your left or right. You know, you might be untruthful about the way that you feel about the person in the moment. So it's a great way to even watch and self-monitor yourself. Here we go. So there's no end to ways nonverbal cues and gestures can be used to upset people. A stare, a sexy walk, playing with one's hairs, and many other behaviors are used by authority figures, lovers, and others to upset others. Okay, dress. This is another way that some vampires extract energy from other. The dress may be a uniform. Hmm. It could be through colors, textures, see-through hemlines, bra straps, and many more ways to use by those who want to extract energy from others through dress. Yeah. You even see like people in suits. You know, magicians, they, they wear suits and all this stuff. So, okay, so some consequences of vampirism. Consequences of vampirism, I'm just going to sum it up here. And you guys can read the rest of the article. Oh, I got to get into preventing energy vampirism too in this article. It's real good stuff. But some two, way, two consequences of vampirism. You're going to just basically just talk about shadow behaviors, right? Addictions, right? Addictions, entity attachments, and uh, release. Vampirism weakens the victim. Those who are vampires often have discarnate souls around them that can easily move into others. Yeah, man, that's that whole people walking around with a black cloud. Like I used to know this one dude who it seems like no matter what, bad luck always followed him. Always followed him. He was a very emotional person. Always followed him. And... We are going to get into the other part. We're going to get into the other part when it comes to emotions. Right. Mm, I'm looking at this. Um, 
I'm just looking at the article. But yeah, we're going to just go through some of the ways to prevent to prevent it. Right. One way is to enhance your general awareness. This can help you figure out exactly what is going on, including your motives for staying in vampire situations. These are people that stay in situationships. Why are you staying in situationships when you're complaining about a man or a woman that's taking advantage of you? They are doing X, Y, and Z, and I get it. It's the whole Stockholm Syndrome thing and all of that. But this is where general awareness needs to be prioritized. When you can just really understand what's going on, you'll be quick to get out of those type of situations. Quick. So the effort and the emphasis needs to be placed on general awareness. This is why I introduced the tools, the Bible and particular books in the Bible, the 48 laws of power, the art of seduction, the Dhammapada. These, when you read these books and when you are focused, when no one can trick you. This is why a lot of Christians say, or a lot of Christian women say, um, that they want a man of God or they want a man that puts God before everything else. Right. Or somewhere along the lines of, um, man, I forgot the exact saying, but basically the woman is basically shielded or not really shielded, but yeah, shielded by man or woman. It doesn't have to be a specific gender could be shielded by their faith in God, their practice in God, because guess what? If you are aligned with God and you're aligned with your religious practice or your spiritual practice or whatever keeps you grounded and keep you aware and keep demons away from you and somebody else is not necessarily following that path, you you be guarded from the fuckery. Because if they're not following Christ or if they're not following the Buddha, if they're not following whatever religion or they don't have no type of spiritual guidance or even some even if they're atheists or whatever and they don't have any, any kind of moral compass no matter who the person is you got to get to know them you got to get to know their values go beyond the surface talk to them if they don't have a moral compass or if you can't recognize a moral compass in them that could be because you're not you don't have a spiritual practice or a moral compass within yourself which is a red flag and you should probably stay the fuck away from them this is why I gave those tools in the beginning, because personally, me following those tools and using those tools have saved me a lifetime of heartache. Right. I've, I've met some women back in the day where I just go, oh, OK, she doesn't have a spiritual practice or a religious practice or she's not spiritual or some of her morals are not really straight. You know, you know, you ever met those people where you just don't know where they stand in religious practice, spiritual practice that you just don't know where they stand. You see the way that they behave. You don't know where they stand. That is a red flag. And the person, again, it's not, it's not a religious topic or I'm not trying to preach or none of that stuff. The times we're living in right now is that of spiritual warfare. You, everybody can feel it. Everybody can feel it. Everybody knows. Right. So the best way to protect yourself against that is to have a spiritual practice of your own that aligns you with source, that aligns you with God, that aligns you with morals and values. If you're not, if you're atheist, whatever it is, you don't need to have a religious practice to be, um, to have morals and values. You don't have to believe in God to have morals and values, but you have to have a sense of them. If you don't have a sense of them, your general awareness, hmm, it's not, it's not going to be there. All right. Correct thinking. That's number two. For example, entertain and cultivate the idea that there are no victim. There are no victims. Each person is sovereign and responsible for himself or herself. I, 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 I believe that to a certain extent. I believe that to a certain extent. If you're a grown ass adult. And it goes back to what I said before. Having some sort of guiding principle in your life. That's very important. If you don't have that in your life. I don't know what to tell you. There's no victims in regards to that. There's victims in regards to people who are, I would say, coming of age, people who were victimized by parents, people that were, you know, victimized by family members, it makes them more prone and vulnerable to psychic vampires, right? 
You got to be careful about the way other people use words such as love, caring, respect, or others. These words are often used to manipulate. Loyalty is another one. A lot of people like to use the word loyalty. A lot of people like to use the word family. A lot of people like to use the word friendship. A lot of people like to use the word relationships. Any one of the ships, you got to be careful because they can be using that as a cover-up to manipulate you, to get you to do what they want you to do. You got to be careful of that. Hmm. So, hmm, man, there's a, there's a, I'm going to keep going because these are, these are important. Learn to be alone happily or at least content on your own. This is needed often in order to leave a situation that is not healthful. Prayer is very helpful. But the other steps described in this article are also, are also often necessary. Hmm. Here we go. Here's another one. Uh, some time ago, right, I dated a, a, a woman who didn't have any kind of boundaries at all whatsoever with her family. And there was a lot of stuff going on with that. Right. But this is the point that I'm, I'm making with that. It is very important for you to have boundaries, right? So I'm going to give you the, I, earlier I talked about a lot of narcissists and sociopaths. They exist within our own families and they use us as narcissistic supply, right? So here we go. In families or other relationships, relationship situations, insist upon having your own private personal space and your personal time. If others don't like it, that is their problem. We call this maintaining your sanity zone. We all need to have a sanity zone we can't be bleeding into each other all the time we can't and that's what i love about my family we all know how to respect each other's space we're all pretty much loners anyway but we like to respect each other's space we're not always all on top of each other and there's a lot of us not always on on on, on top of each other right we have to learn to be independent if we're not independent and we're constantly bleeding into each other that's a problem if you have a narcissistic mother or father you know it you know it you know it if you're listening to this and you know that you got a narcissistic mother that's taking advantage of you 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 know exactly what i'm talking about you have a boyfriend or you have a girlfriend and that parent has to be in on it it's as if you the parent and the significant other are all in one relationship. That is a problem. That is psychic vampirism. Hmm. Okay. All right. Man, this this article goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on. On and on and on. It could go on forever. Be extremely careful about getting involved with others in business, churches, friendships, and especially intimate relationships. Get to know people. Right. A lot of people like to rag on me because I would rather be in a monogamous relationship than run the streets. Even though I can run the streets, I'm a very good looking guy. I got a lot going for me. I could go run the streets. I could line them up and knock them down. But why? That's not that's not wholesome. That casual sex shit. Hmm. Hmm. You got to be careful. You got to get to know people. I'm not saying that casual sex is bad necessarily but it is bad if you misuse it if a relationship is not for you it's not for you fine but if you're having casual sex with any old person you are more than likely more inclined to end up poking holes in your aura when you do it that way right hmm here we go let me see man this i'll just link this I'll just I'll just link this in the in the description so you guys can read up on it. I'm going to read one more because this stuff is juicy. This is good. This is good. Ooh, this is good. Become aware of tricks that vampires use to hold on to you if you wake up to what they are doing. For example, the vampires may suddenly turn nice for a while to confuse you. Another trick is to argue logically that you are incorrect about the vampirism. That's called gaslighting. They'll try to make you feel like you're, you're crazy. Gaslighting is 
one of the most prominent tricks that these psychic vampirists, these fucking psychopaths, sociopaths, narcissists use to control you. They will gaslight you. They'll make you feel like you're crazy when you call them out on their bullshit. And you know it's wrong. When you know something is wrong, be brave enough to speak up about it even if your voice trembles. I heard that somewhere. Is that Maya Angelou? I think that was Maya Angelou. You got to speak up even if your voice trembles. Even if you're scared, you got to speak up. Because more often than not, they'll end up they'll end up losing interest in you, which is where we're we gonna get in. We're gonna get into the next article. But we're gonna take a little break first. Mm. Vampirism as a type of codependent relationship. As a type of codependent relationship. See, this is good. This this article goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on. Yeah. Anyway, I'll be right back and I'm gonna introduce another method to kind of like help you deal with another tool to help you deal with these type of psychic vampires right so don't go nowhere be right back we're back okay so just needed to take a little break real quick i'm trying to pace myself these days when it comes to doing these podcasts because i noticed that it wreaks havoc havoc on my voice box on my larynx which is the uh i guess it's a proper biological terminology shout out to my brother he's in uh he's in med school we talking about medical stuff while we play uh, Call of Duty online and stuff like that every now and again. I'm um I'm actually impressed my, with myself because I'm able to follow most of the vernacular that he's using. You know, you know, you know what I'm saying. All right, well, <laughs> I'm such a goofball. But anyway, that last segment, man, I could have kept going. I could have kept going and going and going and going with that segment. There is a lot about psychic vampirism that. Oh, man, one day I got to get somebody on here with me and then we got to really have like a real in-depth conversation about psychic vampirism because I know you guys, I know you guys are picking up what I'm talking about. Like you guys are digging the whole psychic vampirism thing in your daily lives. Like, you know, there's the co-workers, there's the bosses, all of these people, all of these people, whether they mean it or not. Whether they mean it or not, whether they're intentional about it or not. You know, even some of these corporations, like your job, they're they're integrating pathology in order for the company to run more, I would I wouldn't say efficiently or optimally optimally, because I think a lot of these companies are are purposefully not running optimally at an optimal level, efficient level just so long as the profits are churning out and i don't blame them they're doing they're just doing what works you know i don't blame them they're just doing what works but we're gonna get into the gray rock method of dealing with psychopaths by skyler from 180rule.com right so he goes into like the who what when why and how hows of the gray rock method of dealing with psychopaths so this is at the 180rule.com i'm going to link this in the description now let's talk about it so basically the the, the gray rock method is a method used to deal with malignant narcissists i don't know why he said malignant i think narcissists all all of them are malignant but anyway when dealing with malignant narcissists psychopaths sociopaths borderlines drama queens stalkers and other emotional vampires right he says it's commonly advised that no response is the best response to unwanted attention this is often true and no contact which is the avoidance of all communication should be used whenever possible i agree i agree one of my personal favorites of using um, my one of my personal favorites, and I think this falls within the Cray Rock method of dealing with so, uh, psychopaths, sociopaths, is yesing them down. I used to do this shit all the time. Well, at at work, I still do it. But 
it works. You yes them down. Just agree with them. Agree with them. Play with their play into their ego. Just as long as you're not doing what they want you to do. Let them think that they're leading you there and just don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Just yes them down. That's the easiest way. Or you can just not respond to them at all. Right? That is the most powerful thing. I can tell you guys stories. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you guys stories one day, right? Of things that I've been through dealing with fucking psychopaths and sociopaths, narcissists and all that shit. I have experience dealing with these motherfuckers. Experience dealing with these people. They're sick. They're sick. And I've never been in a situation where I let them get the best of me. Never. Never. Right? I'll tell you some stories. I'll tell you some stories. I'm going to save that. I'll probably save that for the YouTubes. Save that for the vlog so you guys can see my face when I'm talking about this. Because I'm dead fucking serious about this shit. When it comes to psychology, when it comes to the undercurrents, the occult, all of this shit. Like, I really lived this. Like, for the past how many years of my life? I'm 32 years old. I could say for the past, I would say past 21 years. Man, only the grace of God really kept me. Because, I don't know. I don't know if it's like an innate I'm not trying to toot my own horn and try to keep as humble as possible, but I can't even take the credit for it. I'm just going to give it to God because to be able to maneuver these people without getting taken advantage of and coming out, I want to say, I don't want to say unscarred because nobody comes out unscarred. Everybody has a little bit of trauma, right? Trauma, trauma, you know, sort of shapes the which shapes who we are and the way we are, but <clears throat> I'm I'm just gonna say that I'm lucky, I'm blessed, and give it to God for coming out the way that I did. Because, man, oh man, there's some there's some sick people in this world, man. A lot of them I came in contact with, right? So the best response is no response, and I'm gonna add to that: yes them down, agree with them, and then go about go do go do what you're gonna do anyway. Go go about your business anyway. Just don't let them drag you into their nonsense, right? He goes on to say. Skyler, that is, goes on to say, there are some situations, however, when no contact is not feasible, as in when you share child custody with a psychopath. As another example, if you are being stalked by an ex, that, that happened to me before, a restraining order can infuriate the unwanted suitor and refusing to respond to him or her is seen as an insult. They might make they might become convinced that they can make you respond and in that way satiate their need for power over you. Furthermore, many of us have tried to end a relationship with a psychopath several times, only to take them back each time. They turned on the pity ploy and the charm. And because we didn't understand that this is what a psychopath does, we fell for their promises to change. This goes back to my last episode. I believe it was episode 15. Do people change? No, people do not change. People don't change. This is a perfect opportunity for you if you haven't listened to it yet. Listen to episode 15. Whichever one where I talk about people not changing. I think it's 15. I think it's 15. People don't change, man. And people will pretend to change. Their motivations may switch. That's about it. People don't change, right? And then you end up taking that person back. They'll do just enough to get you to come back to them. Got to be careful of that. They'll change overnight, right? So here we go. In fact, when you leave a psychopath, he becomes determined to punish you even more severely for thinking you could be autonomous. Oh, that's the fun, right? That's the big fun. Yeah, so the I'm going to continue reading. The psychopath feels rage at being discarded. See, the psychopath is a megalomaniac. They want power, right? There's this perverse, grandiose need for power. And being discarded is a huge slap in the face to them. They hate that shit. You don't discard them. What? You stupid? You need them. Or so they want you to think. And having autonomy and independence, that really that, that pisses them off. They don't like that shit. 
right? So he goes into what it is, the gray rock method, right? He said, for all these situations, we have the gray rock method. What is it? So how do we escape the parasitic leech without triggering his vindictive rage? Gray rock is primarily a way of encouraging a psychopath, a stalker, or other emotionally unbalanced person to lose interest in you. This is the fun part. I like to get them to lose interest in me. Right? I'm very fucking boring. And you can use this on social media as well. On social media, when somebody's fitting to argue with me about one of my posts, I just agree with them and yes them down. But I disagree. You know, there's a lot of them floating around on the internet nowadays because they can pretend to be whoever the fuck they want to be and post and just act a fool. I've had people comment on my post or say whatever on my post and I just yes them down. I just agree with them. And then they go away. They lose interest in me. I don't, I get out of the whole, what, 12 years I've been on the internet, I have never argue with nobody on the internet never like i'd say i probably had maybe one back and forth and that was about fitness or something so it wasn't really a, a back and forth than it was a debate it's more so a debate right all i do is i yes them down I let them say whatever the, what whatever they want on my post just as long as they're not disrespecting me as long as they're not being weird or whatever they can say whatever they want and i just go oh cool Oh, that's what's up. I, I'll I'll look into that. I'll look into that. Right. And then they lose interest. They don't. A lot of trolls don't comment on my shit, you know. And also, it's about putting down boundaries as well. When you put down a boundary, and you let them know, yo, listen, I'm not the one. They're less inclined to deal with you because they know that you know what's up. Especially if you. And this is why I always tout psychology so much if you know your psychology if you know your stuff and they know that you're interested in psychology they will automatically assume that you can see right through them and you can basic psychology is definitely a tool for dealing with psychopaths but we're going to get back into the gray rock method by skyler from 180rule.com It differs from no contact in that you don't overtly try to avoid contact with these emotional vampires. Instead, you allow contact but only give boring, monotonous responses so that the parasite must go elsewhere for his supply of trauma. <laughs> this is funny because I use this shit. Oh my God, this is so funny. I had this one supervisor who was just a fucking terrible person. Just a terrible person. And... It was just so crazy. Like he would just try to intimidate me all the time. And I'm typically a stoic person. I stand up for myself and all that stuff. But I sort of use kind of like what the uh, jujitsu or judo approach. What's it? Jujitsu? Jujitsu approach where you use the opponent's own force against them. And I did that so many times mentally, psychologically, that is, until he just lost. He lost interest in me. And he asked one of my coworkers that. I was pretty close with it at the time. Hey, what's what's up with Dre? What's wrong? What, what's up with him? What's up with that guy? Can't figure me out because I know these. There's about 16 profiles of people. If you learn a solid 16 profiles, psychological profiles of people, and you can kind of like pinpoint who's who, because there's 7.6 billion people in this world. And I would say there's a solid 16 to 20 different types of people if you deal with enough people over time, you can kind of pinpoint who's who and what's what and therefore how to deal with them. In my time dealing with hundreds of different personalities, I've learned to kind of like pinpoint which personality and which person is who and how to deal with them. Right. Maybe I need to do I'm going to do a podcast on that one to help you guys out a little bit. Hmm. OK, so where were we? When contact with you is consistently unsatisfying for the psychopath, his mind is trained is retrained to expect boredom rather than drama. See, I don't do no drama. You're not gonna get no drama from me. Psychopaths are addicted to drama and they can't stand to be bored. With time, he will find a new person to provide drama and he will find himself drawn to you less and less often. <laughs> it's true, man. I'm just laughing because I'm thinking about situations where people have tried to hook me into their drama. And I'll just be like, nope, 
No, not going to happen. And you can see it from a mile away. You can see it from a mile away. And these people will leave you alone. Okay, so what's the gray rock method for? The gray rock method is for making a psychopath go away of his own volition. And making, making the psychopath go away on his own volition. One might say that the gray rock method is a way of breaking up with the psychopath by using the old you. It's not you, it's me. Oh, by using the old, it's not you, it's me. It's, yeah, that's just, yeah. When you use that excuse, right? Boom. When you use that excuse and you just kind of let them think, yeah, this this person is just not going to give me. And it's funny that the person used, the Skylar uses the gray rock method because it's literally like trying to draw blood from a rock. Huh. I wonder if that's how that's where he gets it from. Because I didn't read this whole article. I wonder if that's where he got it from. Another use of the gray rock method is to avoid becoming a target in the first place. If you find yourself in the company of one or more narcissistic personalities, perhaps you work with them or they are members of your family, it's important to avoid triggering their envy. Ooh. Man, oh man. So be a plain Jane. Right? Be be a be a a boring target. Don't don't stand out. Right? By using the gray rock, by using gray rock, you fade into the background. It's possible they won't even remember having met you. If you have already inadvertently attracted their attention and they have begun to focus on in on you, you can still use gray rock. Tell them you are boring. Describe a boring life. Talk about the most mundane household chores you accomplished that day in detail. So, yeah, we see that the gray rock method is all about being boring. It's literally think of it as when you think of this tool, think of it as being that rock who a psychopath psychopath is trying to draw blood from. It's just impossible impossible like trying to drink the ocean with a fork trying to catch a river in a, a strainer or a sieve or whatever it's called right and he goes over why it works so yeah he already went over why it works psychopaths are easily bored and if you're boring guess what you ain't gonna want to fuck with you simple as that psychopaths need constant stimulation right another thing you can pinpoint about a psychopath and try to avoid them altogether they have a persistent sense of FOMO in perpetuity. They cannot stand not being a part of something. They have to be a part of everything. They have to be a part of everything. So what you want to do is you want to seem as boring as possible. Your life is boring. You ain't got nothing going on. Right. And then they pretty much leave you to fuck alone. It's a funny little game when you think about it. A psychopath is an, is an addict. Hmm. He's addicted to power. His power is acquired by gaining access to our emotions. He is keenly aware of this and he needs to constantly test to make sure we are still under his control. He needs to know that we are still eager to do his bidding. Make him happy and avoid his wrath. He needs to, con he needs to create drama so he can experience the power of manipulating our emotions. As with any addiction, it is exhilarating to the psychopath when he gets his supply of emotional responses. The more times he experiences a reward for his dramatic behavior, the more addicted he becomes. Conversely, when the reward stops coming, he becomes agitated. Hmm. So I would just interject there and say, make them think that they're make them think that they're fucking with you, right? Play them. Make them think that they're playing you, right? Conversely, when the reward, the reward stops coming, he becomes agitated. He experiences oppressive boredom and he will counter it by creating more drama. If we stay the course and show no emotions, the psychopath will eventually decide that his toy is broken. It doesn't squirt emotions when he squeezes it anymore. Squeezes it anymore. Most likely, he will slither away to find a new toy. And that's, that's pretty much that. Right? How it works. Psychopaths are attracted to shiny, pretty things that move fast and to bright lights. These things signal excitement and relieve the psychopaths ever present in UI. I forgot how to say that word. E-N-N-U-I. Your emotional responses are his food of choice, but they aren't the only things he wants. He envies everything pretty, shiny, and sparkly that you have, and he wants whatever you value. You must hide anything that he will notice and envy. Hmm. 
There you go. There you go. So that is pretty much the gist of the gray rock method, right? So we know that psychic vampirism exists by way of spiritual warfare. People want to spiritually, emotionally, mentally fuck with you, drain you because they just get some kick out of it, right? And then we have methods for dealing with them, the gray rock method, right? Great rock method. Basically, you want to be as boring as possible. Don't give them any emotional. Uh, don't give them any emotional kick. Don't give them any emotional energy. Don't give them none of that, and they become bored. Right? You become you become whack. Right? Some tools that we talked about: the Bible. You want to read specifically Ecclesiastes, Proverbs. Right? You want to read the book called um, "The Forty Eight Laws of Power" from Robert Greene. You want to read. The Dhammapada. You want to you want to read spiritual text. If you're not a spiritual type person, have some type of morals, values, integrity, dignity. That way, these people cannot manipulate you. Right? Use again. Use the gray rock method to be as boring as possible, and they'll leave you the hell alone. And of course, I'm going to link these articles in the description. And yeah, there's that. Mm mm mm. Some good stuff, some good stuff. And we did it in under an hour. I don't like going too far over an hour when it comes to these topics because, I mean, these are supposed to be as educational as possible. They're not supposed to be, I mean, educational and entertaining as possible. I want to start including some of my my own stories in them sooner than later because i got some really good stories got some really good stories about this stuff also i want to add that more prevalent than anything else you want to make sure that you avoid these type of situations in your relationships your romantic relationships because those be the ones that those be the ones that's hard to get rid of those be the ones that's hard to get rid of. Family is one thing. That's 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 one thing. I'm not gonna lie, that's one challenge. But then dealing with dealing with somebody that you're romantically and sexually involved with, it's no joke. Hard to get rid of. And I've seen I done seen some shit. I done seen some shit. Done been through some shit too. So yeah, that's pretty much that. Remember, look. This is for dealing with narcissists, sociopaths, psychopaths, and all that stuff, right? But I also want us to have a certain level of self-monitoring where we check these same behaviors within ourselves. If we're exhibiting these, these behaviors within ourselves, we need to check them in regards to ourselves too, right? Because we could be the toxic ones. I've been toxic. Sometimes still to this day, I'm toxic every now and again, right? We all have that shadow behavior lurking around the corner every now and again, right? So that's pretty much that. Pretty much that. I'm going to definitely have to revisit these topics again and expand more on them. Very, very deep stuff. Very, very deep stuff. Might do a few articles on them as well. Very deep stuff. But anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed. Um go to my website badbuddhism.com i got a crap ton of articles on all kinds of topics hope you enjoyed this once again thank you for listening and i will speak to you next time peace